the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Lifeline with Craig Roberts. He's the host of Northern California's longest-running conservative talk show. He's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. He's Lifeline's own Craig Roberts. Well, thank you kindly, and welcome to this Wednesday, March the 24th edition of Lifeline. Craig Roberts with you as we are each and every weekday at this time, 5 to 7 p.m. to be precise, as we address issues that impact your life, your world, and your Christian walk. A little bit later on in tonight's program, very special guest is going to join us, the announcer from Through the Bible Radio, Steve Schwepp, will be on board. We're going to talk a bit about um, the restart of the Bible bus, starting back from uh, book one, day one, as the uh, five-year journey through the Scripture begins all over again, coming up uh, beginning April the 2nd, to be precise. And um, Steve's going to reminisce a bit about the impact and history of the ministry and the tremendous, um, well, what else can we say, but the tremendous impact that Dr. J. Vernon McGee has had on the lives of so many of us down through all these years. We'll get that conversation tonight in hour number two. Later on in this hour, if you are frustrated by what's going on in public education and you'd like to explore alternatives for your son or daughter in private schooling, well, we've got a special opportunity for you, and we'll unpack all the details coming up tonight at 5.30. Meanwhile, let's uh, break down... Uh, the cases, as it uh, as it were, in terms of what's going on in the California state legislature, and we've got issues going on. My goodness, uh, California just seems to want to be the the trailblazer at so many levels when it comes to doing things that are um, out of the box thinking. Now, better put, out of this world thinking, and I don't mean that in a good way. Um, one of the issues, of course, that um, California has often been. Um, sort of uh, setting the the trends in a bad way has been in the life arena. Uh, Everything from abortion on demand at every level, no limits, no guarantees whatsoever, to uh, to even paving the way for so-called physician-assisted suicide. And as California (coughs) fought to pass legislation years ago, making it easier for people to take their own lives, it sets up an interesting legal and moral quagmire that on one hand, this state officially, in your name, using your tax dollars, not only tries to promote stopping people from committing suicide, we do things like education programs, put barriers up at the Golden Gate Bridge, all the appropriate things that we should be doing to help people that are in a crisis. And while we're busy trying to stop suicide, we're also engaged in trying to promote suicide. And what does Scripture say about the um, double-minded man, unstable in all his ways? Let's get some more information now. We're joined by Brian Johnston, Western Regional Director with the National Right to Life Committee. Brian, by the way, has a broadcast every Saturday at 11 a.m. here on KFAX called Life Matters, where, in fact, he deals with so many of these key issues. And uh, the one we addressed today, Brian, Senate Bill 380. Boy, this is another example of this this sense of double-mindedness in our state. Tell us what this is all about. Well, well, hey, Craig, it was a very interesting hearing. And some good folks that testify. But I want to, before we even talk about the bill, I just want to stop because I was appalled at the number of legislators who talked about their religion and their faith and how they were raised and then said, yeah, but, and went on to 
emote very powerfully. And one of the things that I'm deeply alarmed by, obviously on this issue, but it's become unfortunate, people who should think about the deeper implications, and I'm thinking of Christians here, <laughs> should not follow their emotions as the answer to truth. And yet, that's exactly in this hearing, it was mentioned several times about their personal faith and the teachings of their church, but, and then they would retell the story. Now, before I get into this bill, 380, I want you to know, I have been at deathbeds of my own family. I know the emotional trauma that's involved. It's never going to be easy. I don't know where you thought that. And why you think you're not going to have emotional turmoil. But the reality is that that is something we must think through. And killing someone in the name of removing those emotions, and very often, by the way, and I've seen this, it isn't the patient that's going through the emotional turmoil as much as the assistant, the bystanders. And they want to justify ending it quickly. The most powerful thing, by the way, when it comes to emotions, I've been at all of the births of my children. Those are emotionally significant moments. And when someone dies a natural death and they have loved ones around comforting them, and by the way, the resources are available to comfort even the most difficult of physical pain. We live in the 21st century. You don't have to knock someone into a stupor. You can deal with pain. But the problem is, they're using the pain of emotions to justify getting over with. And when you hear religiously inclined people who have already asserted that it's against their faith to do this, and yet as a lawmaker, they're going to go ahead and support it. Well, it's stunning. So I want to remind us that there are principles at stake. We have to not be led by emotions. Right now, our culture is telling Christians, if you feel something, do that. If you feel someone's a bigot, well, then they are. And call them a bigot. And, of course, they'll deny it. Whatever you feel is what you need to go with. But there's objective reality that's deeper and a spiritual reality that's deeper. And on this issue, Craig, we've talked about it many times. We've already had assisted suicide legalized in California. But this bill, SB 380, dramatically expands it. And it forces doctors who are good doctors. And, by the way, I'm not just saying Christian or Catholic doctors. Any good doctor knows that the request for suicide is an emotional cry for help. And you know what? When I am dying, I might not emotionally be able to handle it. But emotions can come and go. And in terms of the desire for suicide, it's the number one indicator of this emotional need this deep depression and that's where people need help and coaching that's where they need human involvement that's what mother Teresa did that's good hospice you help people through the emotions of that moment and it's going to come to all of us you're all going to die sorry it might it may be coming as news to us but we may need emotional help this new bill SB 380 is stunning though it now changes the time for 48 hours. You have 48 hours now. And it used to be that a doctor who was asked could say, well, let's talk this through. Let's think about it. And a good doctor recognizes the power of emotions, and a good doctor has for the last week. This is against the Hippocratic Oath, by the way. This isn't a new issue. In the Hippocratic Oath, the doctor says, I'll give no deadly medicine, even if asked. So they used to ask 2,000 years ago. And good doctors would say, man, I can't go around telling people. And they swore to never kill. A good doctor will say, let's talk it through. Let me see. Maybe I can, I can have you talk to this counselor. Or maybe I can have you talk to this. Now, maybe the underlying illness is incurable. We're not saying that. But the depression is curable. That's treatable. If a doctor now says, you know, 
let's talk about it. That doctor, according to this law, is now prohibiting their request from going forward. And according to this law, even good doctors must immediately turn this patient to a killer doctor. Or they are going to be punished by the law. It's going to be called coercion. And Brian, I want to take a time out and unpack this a little bit deeper because the, what is so troubling about this is, and you've just alluded to it, I would liken it to the individual who was approached by, say, a friend or a family member that you know has an issue with alcohol. They cannot control their their alcoholic tendencies and they engage in terrible behavior when they're at the bottle. And it would be the equivalent of saying, you must be compelled by law without regard to the best interest that you have of your friend, without regard to how you morally or religiously or spiritually feel about the consumption of alcohol, you will be compelled if that friend comes to you and says, Craig, can you tell me where the closest bar is? While you may not be serving the alcohol to them directly, you would be legally compelled to tell them where they can find it. And this is taking suicide to a whole new level. And the impact on religious freedom, on one sense of, of, of right and wrong and morality, where you're now essentially compelling physicians to engage in behaviors that would go against their Hippocratic Oath, that will go against their moral convictions, go against their spiritual convictions, uh, convictions perhaps go against everything that compelled them to become <coughs> a doctor in the first place, and compel them to do so at penalty of significant punishment. So let, we'll, we'll break this down deeper. Brian Johnston with us tonight, Western Regional Director with the National Right to Life Committee. He is the host of Life Matters, heard Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. here on KFAX. And you can get more information about this particular bill we're discussing tonight, Senate Bill 380 and other pro-life-related education and information online at californiaprolife.org. That's californiaprolife.org. We'll take a brief time out, come back to more of our conversation with Brian Johnston as Lifeline continues. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Most physicians, nurses, those in the medical profession get involved in medicine because they care about people. They want to make lives better. They want to bring about healing, be used to bring aid and comfort to individuals that are sick or dealing with other physical maladies, and hopefully restore a quality of life to them. And for that list of reasons and others, many physicians are hesitant to engage in recommendations for things like suicide, largely because suicide is typically, not always, but typically associated with some kind of emotional or mental trauma. It can also be an end-of-life sense of desperation, though for a patient that, for example, is dealing with end-of-life issues and suffering with uh, pain, there are pain medications available that can help bring ease and comfort um, in that, that hospice sort of period of the conclusion of one's life. There are always alternatives to suicide. And of course, it's not only dangerous from the standpoint of acting like God. There can be cases where somebody is making a decision to want to end their life feeling that as if their situation is hopeless, um, when in fact they just don't understand the totality of uh, what options might be open to them. Or there may be a situation where um, they have not received the appropriate kind of treatment, be it emotional treatment, spiritual treatment, or physical treatment. And so for those reasons, is it any wonder that many in the medical profession say, no, I, I would not recommend or, or assist a patient in taking their own life, and if they ask me about it, I would recommend and try to dissuade them from pursuing the matter. 
But this new bill would set all of that on its heel and essentially say to health care workers, no, your, your, your moral compass, your sense of right and wrong, the reasons why you got into medicine in the first place, the very oath that you took when you became a doctor means nothing because we have another agenda. We're getting some details from Brian Johnston, Western Regional Director with the National Right to Life Committee and host of Life Matters, heard Saturday mornings at 11 a.m. here on KFAX. And boy, Brian, talk about sending confusing mixed messages that even at the, the state and government level, on one hand, we put together campaigns to dissuade people from committing suicide, and the other hand, we're trying to pass laws to make it easier for people to commit suicide, but not just that, to also force physicians and those in the caring professions to go against their own sense of moral, uh, what's morally right and wrong. It, this is just shocking. It really is. And if we look at the history of this measure, when it was passed in California, they said that there would be a conscience clause. And that was one of the reasons it did pass. It, there's a whole story about how they shoved it through in 2015. But the fact is, is they put in that, no, there's a conscience clause. You don't have to approve. You don't have to be involved. That is stripped out now. This new measure, SB 380, which did pass today in the Health Committee, it's going to go to the Senate Judiciary Committee. But that specifically does not give a conscience clause to the good doctors you're talking about. And literally, it's funny. The wording is so deceitful. It's so ironic. Basically, as soon as the doctors ask, they have to immediately, if they're not willing themselves, they're required to immediately find a killing doctor and hand the patient to a killing doctor. The fact is, is the wording says, by not doing that, they're denying the patient treatment. <laughs> Wait a second. Killing a patient isn't treatment. <laughs> That's the irony. And if they actually have other treatments, if they realize, you know, this person just needs a prescription of Zoloft, whatever their drug of choice is for their emotional depression, or they need, a, they need to talk to this counselor, or, and I go back, this issue isn't new. As I said, it's 3,000 years old. There was a famous book in the 1960s we talked about it at the time. You and I were involved in debating Derek Humphrey, as you recall, Craig. Yes, I do. It was a book that... That book was powerful, and it was by a secular woman. She was a psychiatrist from Switzerland. The book was called On Death and Dying, and it was Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, and she did a study on dying, and she found that this is not uncommon. In fact, the famous five stages of denial, she described that, that people would deny that they're they would deny they don't want to face the consequences and then they would argue and then they would debate but ultimately if they could come to a reconciliation it was actually a good process because everybody's going to die and she hated assisted suicide this was the maven of death she wrote the book on death and dying she hated assisted suicide because it cut people off from their chance to reconcile their own life as a psychiatrist, that was her goal. This is a secular woman, but her goal was to help people emotionally, and she knew that the request for suicide was a way just to get out of it. I just want to get out of this, but you're never going to get out of dying. You're going to die. <laughs> and we, it's, it's like the famous foxhole conversion. There's a lot of people Ultimately, when they know they're going to die, they start dealing with spiritual reality. And that's what she was talking about as a secular psychiatrist. This is the best time for people who are involved as counselors. This is, this is an opportunity. I used to go to nursing homes for exactly that reason. We used to share the gospel in nursing homes because that's where it's needed. Everybody is waiting, and they know what's coming. The clock and the calendar has been speaking to them for years. They're ripe for the reality of spiritual existence, and that's your chance. If you kill them, there is no chance. So when you have a secular psychiatrist, wrote the book in 69. Uh, I read it in the 70s. It's actually still used in many college courses. But 
Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, Kubler-Ross hated assisted suicide. It cut short all of the opportunities that a psychologist and a caring person has when someone has a terminal condition. Now if the doctor offers any other treatment, again, back to SB 380, killing someone is not a medical treatment. But if you come up with a medical treatment, oh, wait a second, you can't offer other medical treatment. That's coercion. You're coercing that patient. They want to be dead, give them to a terminal doctor. You have to turn them over to be dead. If they ask, turn them over. This is extraordinary. It denies conscience clause. It is an assault on our medical profession, and people are sleeping through it. And again, their most convincing argument, it really gets down to it. It's emotions. It's how you feel. And nobody likes dying. I'm sorry. Nobody feels good about death. That's just reality. So it's exploiting people's emotions the same way they they legalized abortion. Well, who would want to raise a child? She's so young, she can't raise. And it says that in Roe v. Wade. That's a lot of the emotional conjecture. Well, we can't have this woman raising a child. We have to make sure that baby's dead. That's the answer. So if you use emotions, you're going to skip over some really important principles of life. But most importantly on these issues, you can end up killing human beings. And that's what the right to it's uh, it's shocking, but it's uh, I think Brian, a big part of our culture of death, and it's a culture that we need to push back against. It's a culture that we need to bring truth to, and um, it, it's a culture that is desperately crying out for answers and and sadly, uh, people that are considering suicide need our understanding. They need our care, our concern. They need our help. They don't need us to push them over the edge because there are uh, history books filled with stories of people that have prematurely ended their life when they felt as if life was hopeless and um, absent either the perspective or um, more time, uh, it, it can certainly feel that way. I mean, we, we've all had moments when we thought, boy, can I really handle this? This is this is you know beyond the pale, and yet we have to recognize that life is a gift, and that it is something that needs to be protected and cherished, not dispensed with. To get more information on the issue of Senate Bill 380 and other pro-life related issues, and as you understand from Brian Johnston, this is not just on the abortion end of the spectrum. This is protecting, honoring, and preserving life from cradle to the grave recognizing that every life is precious, every life created in the very image and likeness of God. Information available on the web at californiaprolife.org. That's californiaprolife.org. And we invite you to tune in to Life Matters, Saturday mornings at 11 with Brian Johnson, right here on KFAX. 531, let's get you an update on traffic. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Remarkably, as America approaches a half million dead from one of the worst and worst managed pandemics in modern history, many parents are seeing the handwriting on the wall. At the end of last summer, no normalization of public school education to look forward to in the fall, and in the start of 2021, little improvement. Parents are acknowledging the shortcomings of so-called distance learning with no extracurriculars, no sports, no in-person activities for students, and no in-person education. This has led to a growing exodus of families who are leaving public schools for places where schools are more open, preferring to send their children to local private schools. Public schools across the state are reporting sharp enrollment declines, which have been attributed in part to trends that preceded the pandemic, including declining birth rates, but also concerns over the quality of education offered in the public school environment. Many of these families, in response to these challenges, are recognizing that with the deep frustration 
after living with months of stalled reopening decisions, patchy online learning experiences, and the toll that extended school closures on their children, these families' decisions reflecting the deep frustration after living with months of stalled reopening decisions, patchy online learning experiences, and the toll that extended school closures are taking on their children have decided to seek other alternatives in order to restore their children's love for learning, mental health, and a sense of normalcy outweighing the sacrifices of sending their child to private schools. So what are the options available to parents? Well, joining me now is the general manager of our radio station to talk a bit about the half-off tuition program now in its 10th year. And Mike Shields, this is an absolutely wonderfully timed opportunity for so many parents that are struggling with what's going on in public education right now and yet wondering how can they possibly afford private education. Craig, you know, you couldn't be more right. Uh, everything that's gone on in 2020, the rules have changed drastically for everybody, especially for parents uh, trying to get a good education for their student, for their children, I'm sorry, especially for parents trying to get an education for their children. The half-off tuition program, as you said, is going into its 10th year. And we've already had, in the course of um, the 10 years, over 230 families have benefited from our half-off tuition voucher program. Let's talk about exactly what the program is about and what it offers. We certainly understand that parents value a child's education. They recognize that it's necessary for children to advance successfully through life. But we also understand that a good education can often be a expensive education. So how costly is a quality education? And tell us a bit about how this half-off tuition program can help. Well, the way the half-off tuition program is set up, uh, the parents actually purchase vouchers for a full year of tuition at the private school that they choose. And they pay one-half, 50% of that first-year tuition, which is a great way for the family to start off their Christian education for their children. Wow, we're talking 50% of a particular school's normal enrollment rate. And of course, for many parents, uh, that's a real make it or break it deal. I mean, we're talking about not only a remarkable degree of savings, but I imagine too, for some parents that are not quite sure, they've never sent their child previously to a private school, they don't know what to expect, they're not certain whether or not the sacrifice is going to be worth it. This really gives them an opportunity then to sort of test drive this. And I would imagine down through the last decade that many parents, after sort of, as they say, test driving the half-off tuition program, have determined that private education for their child is really the way to go. Craig, you know, in the 10 years that we've had our program going, over 96% of the families have continued with the education in the schools after that first year. It's amazing. Well, so that really shows the remarkable difference that private education is making. And parents deciding once they've had the child enrolled for the first year, they've seen the outcome, they've looked at the difference, not only in terms of educational performance, but of course, many other key components, an environment that is not only a healthy one toward education, and an environment where a child is really allowed to flourish in a way in which it honors the values of that family. Absolutely. It's, um, it's a program that um, has been very successful now for 10 years. And you, you mentioned a little earlier, you know, when you're talking about these tuitions, the full tuitions for these schools can range anywhere from five to 6,000 up to 15 to 18,000. So again, when these families get to come in the first year at 50% of those tuitions, it's a great blessing for them. It certainly is. And of course, at this juncture, we want to point listeners to a special website that's been established that helps you understand more information, get a look at the list of all the schools across the greater San Francisco Bay Area that are participating, understand more about the terms of the program, and also an opportunity to get some questions addressed. And you can simply go online to get more information to halfofftuitions.com. That's halfofftuitions.com. 
Mike, let's talk a bit about how the program works and specifically how the schools get involved. For example, how does a parent know if maybe a school in their neighborhood that they're familiar with is participating in the program? Well, Craig, you know, you go to halfofftuitions.com and there's a complete list of all the participating schools. Uh, They're listed uh, alphabetically, and then we also have a section where they're listed by individual cities. So the parents can go on to the website and kind of peruse through it at their leisure and then find a school that is, is, you know, that they're going to be targeting for their child. And once they once they find that school, then um, they can begin the process of getting that that child uh, enrolled. So so once the parents um, find the school on the website and, and click on it, they can see what vouchers are available for what grades. And if they see a grade that they want to enroll their child in, you'll see the contact information on that page, which is me, Mike Shields. (laughs) Um, They click on it and they will send me an email simply and just say, I'd like to enroll my student in this grade at that school. And then from there, I take it and run with it. And, of course, there are several reasons for that. First, ascertaining what schools are participating, easily found at the website, halfofftuitions.com. And then once they see the school there and the grade that has the grade that's offering a tuition voucher to then contact you, this will verify that that voucher is still available. We should stress that it's on a first-come, first-served, first-qualified basis. And so if that voucher is still available, then a parent can reserve it. And I understand, make an appointment then to go and tour the school in person, learn more about the educational offerings at that particular school, and kind of get a broader sense of exactly what that school will be able to do for their child. That's exactly right. They do get to go through pretty much the same process as any student in any family would. Um, They're going to be subject to the same qualifications that all the schools have. But it, once they, it is like you said, it's first come, first serve. So the sooner they act, the better it is for them. We know certainly how much you, as a parent, value your child's education. We also know that a quality education can be costly. In this 10th year of our half-off tuition vouchers program, already hundreds of families across the Bay Area have benefited. Why not yours? The program, again, applies to new families enrolling a child for the first time, and we've partnered with some of the most prestigious and we've partnered with some of the most prestigious private schools throughout the San Francisco Bay Area for the upcoming semester. To get more information, go online to halfofftuitions.com. That's halfofftuitions.com, or call toll-free 800-947-5329. That's 800-947. 5329. What schools are participating? And if you go online and don't find the school that you want, how can you get the school near you to participate? We'll talk about that and more as we dive into the importance of a quality education for your child. A brief timeout, back with more. Check it out on the web, halfofftuitions.com. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome back to our look at your child and education. With me is the general manager of our station, Mike Shields, who've been talking about a special program available to Bay Area parents at halfofftuitions.com. That's halfofftuitions.com. That literally will allow your child as a first-time private school enrollee to benefit from the 50% reduction of the normal tuition rate for a school year. And Mark and Mike, this is remarkable in that so many parents are struggling with what schools have been through over the course of the past year with shutdowns and the so-called distance learning. Many parents frustrated that their child doesn't seem to be advancing, if anything, maybe losing momentum. And so as a result, more and more parents across the Bay Area are turning to private education. Many schools, of course, offering significantly smaller student-teacher ratios, of course, observing all of the guidelines related to health and safety, but most importantly, too, 
providing the kind of quality education that will really allow a child to advance and to flourish. And Mike, the, the sacrifice that parents make, we're really seeing a difference in this kind of quality education, aren't we? We are, Craig, and, and, and you can look time and time again at the, uh, at the students that are graduating from the Christian schools. Usually their SAT scores are higher than those in public schools. The percentage of these students that are getting into colleges uh, is also much higher. It's, it's, it's just it's the, it's the facts, and, and that's the way it is. It's just the, the advantage that these Christian schools and the education you receive is definitely worth it. There are many parents that perhaps have pondered what a private education might mean for their child, but they've always hesitated because of the cost. And certainly the events of the last year in relationship to the impact of COVID-19 on education in schools all across the country really have parents rethinking whether or not, in fact, they can make that sacrifice to make it work for a child in private school. And what's wonderful about the half-off tuition programs is it makes that first school year so much easier. Talk us through some of the details in terms of what it takes to qualify for a parent to send their child to a private school through the half-off tuition program. Really, the only, the only, um, the rules, if you would, is uh, this is for new students. This, this program is is for the family that's that's um, you know usually and currently in public school or they haven't started school yet the details of the program are again these are for first-time students uh, students who are not currently going to the schools um, the program does cover the tuition for the first year for these students uh, there are some additional costs like books possibly uniforms things like that that are not covered, but the tuition is definitely covered. It also is limited to uh, one student per family. And I suppose we should also mention that once a parent purchases a voucher, it doesn't guarantee attendance for a student to the specified school, as the student has to meet all the regular school admission, attendance, and other conduct requirements that are kind of normal for any student going to any school. That's true, and you know, once once the once the parents uh, contact us, and we and we do charge a credit card uh, for the half tuition. That's how we've been doing it for ten years. Um, the schools are still able to maintain their normal admittance requirements. Now, if for any reason the student does not meet the requirements, we will give them a full and immediate refund within twenty four hours on that credit card charge. And again, you can go to halfofftuitions.com for complete details if you just simply click on the Terms tab. That's halfofftuitions.com. Mike, for some parents, they might go to the website, look at the list of schools participating, and say, gee, I know of a wonderful school just up the street from us, but I don't see that they're participating. How can they determine whether or not perhaps that school might decide to become a part of the half-off tuitions program? You know, what we've done over the last 10 years, Craig, is when a parent goes on and they don't find the school they're looking for, all they need to do is to contact me, Mike Shields. My contact information is, is all over the, the, uh, the pages of the website, and, and we will make calls to that school on behalf of that family. We have added a number of schools over the years through that very method where, where parents don't find what they're looking for, but they contact us and say, hey, can you help us? And we'll do everything we can. There's a wonderful tool available at halfofftuitions.com for parents where not only you can directly request a school that you don't find on the list, but you can also sign up for updates as new schools are being added all the time. Now, again, Mike, this is going to be for the upcoming 21-22 school year, and folks can go online to halfofftuitions.com to get not only complete details regarding requirements, terms, conditions, but also information pertaining to exactly how the program works and how a private education might indeed make a significant difference in your son or daughter's life. Again, the website for more information, halfofftuitions.com. That's halfofftuitions.com. Or you can call toll-free 800-947-5329. That's 800-947-5329. 
Mike, this has been a remarkable program that, as you point out, has benefited hundreds of families across the Bay Area over the course of the last 10 years. And during that time, what kind of stories or feedback do you hear from parents? They make the call, they go online, they purchase the voucher, they get their child enrolled in private school. Do you get any feedback in terms of the kind of difference that this private education is making in the lives of these students and these participating families? Correct. We get that kind of feedback every single year. Um, it's it's amazing, um, you know, the, the, the difference that this program has made in the lives of, of, of their families' children. Um, it's just, it's very heartwarming. It's very fulfilling. And as I said, it's, we, we receive these emails and phone calls during the campaign, which normally will run from March through August. We receive input almost on a weekly basis. So as this program is making the difference in the lives of students across the Bay Area, maybe it's time that includes your son or daughter. Find out more about the half-off tuition program available right now by going to halfofftuitions.com. That's halfofftuitions.com. There you'll find not only details about how the program works, but a complete list of schools across the Bay Area that are participating. And as we mentioned before, if you don't find the school you're looking for, you can request that we contact them to join the program. Go to halfofftuitions.com or call toll-free 800-947-5329. That's 800-947-5329. And, Mike, I'm sure that you're looking forward to more students this year really participating and seeing a significant difference in the lives of these children. Absolutely. Especially, again, you know, after what everybody's gone through in 2020, we're all just kind of praying now and the vaccines are out and we're just praying for a normal, a very nice and normal school year starting in the fall of 2021. More information, go to halfofftuitions.com or call toll-free 800-947-5329 or again at halfofftuitions.com. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Down through the years, whenever I have an opportunity to meet new KFAX listeners, and in particular, new KFAX listeners who are also new believers, I will tell you that consistently, hands down, they will say their number one favorite Bible teacher of all the Bible teachers and Bible expositors that are heard daily on KFAX, without a doubt, their number one favorite, say it all together, Dr. J. Vernon McGee. And of course, Through the Bible Radio has been a staple on KFAX for many, many decades now. Heard three times a day at 8 a.m., 2.30 p.m., and again at 8 p.m. on AM 1100. And I've got fond memories going back, my goodness, 30-something years now, when Dr. McGee and Sister Ruth came to the San Francisco Bay Area for a radio rally. I think it was a neighborhood church in Castro Valley. Great memories. And, of course, a ministry program that, as we say, has been one of those foundational teachings that often helps so many believers, new in their faith, to kind of establish their understanding of God's Word in a very practical, down-to-earth fashion that only Dr. McGee can do. Well, joining me now is another familiar voice who was heard on the Through the Bible radio broadcast. He is Steve Schwetzen. Steve, good to have you with us. Craig, thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to, to share the ongoing story of Through the Bible and with I would, KFAX listeners. And I would suspect you hear that uh, undoubtedly quite often, that folks say, oh yes, when I became a new believer, one of the programs that was the daily staple of feeding me God's Word was the voice of Dr. McGee. So many people have Dr. McGee stories, and if it's not them personally, it was their parents or their grandparents that listened to Dr. McGee. It's amazing that anybody who's really beyond just being a nominal Christian, uh, typically, certainly anybody that listens to any kind of Christian radio has some type of Dr. McGee reference. 
And, of course, the broadcast, uh, a mainstay not only in Christian radio across the country, but across the globe, broadcast in more than 130 languages, which is phenomenal. And uh, Angelinos, who are transplants to the San Francisco Bay Area, probably remember the old Church of the Open Door down on Hope Street in downtown L.A. and the big neon Jesus Saves sign on top that I think was erected in the 1930s. And Dr. McGee was pastor there for a good 20 years. 21 years to be exact, and then he stepped down and to concentrate uh, more fully on the ministry that was just beginning called Through the Bible. And from that point, when Dr. McGee went to ultimately be with the Lord in 1988, uh, the ministry was in only about 35 to 38 different uh, foreign languages, and today we are in over 130 full foreign languages and continuing to grow because of the missionary outreach and the, and really the, the passion that, that listeners have for seeing the Great Commission fulfilled in part through the ministry of Through the Bible. And so much, I think, of the staying power of the impact of Through the Bible is the, non, the, 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 the sensible, practical approach that Dr. McGee takes. And uh, boy, what a great way to walk through the Word from Genesis through a Revelation, book by book, chapter by chapter in these bite-sized half-hour-a-day chunks. And I understand that the, to- the whole journey, the, the Bible bus journey, as Dr. McGee uh, fondly called it, is, uh, is about five years long. It is a five-year program, and that's really why we're, we're in on April 2nd. We will be starting our 11th five-year journey through the Bible. So if you haven't listened, any time is a great day to get on the Bible bus and listen to Dr. McGee. But starting April 2nd, he's going to kick off 10 programs that will focus on what he calls guidelines for the understanding of the Scriptures. And even if you don't think you can commit to a, for, to a full five years, try to listen to those first 10 programs. I think your life will be, be blessed by that, and I think you'll, you'll hunger for more. And certainly many folks that are students of Scripture uh, love to uh, go through the journey on a five-year cycle with Dr. McGee, and, and there are no doubt many KFAX listeners that say, hey, I'm not new to this. I've been on the Bible bus journey, and uh, this is my fourth round, my fifth round, whatever it might be. Yeah. What do you think, Steve, has, has been the, the, the staying power, so to speak, of, of Dr. McGee? Of course, uh, the Lord called him to a home about 30 years ago, and, and yet there is something that has remained so fresh and relevant to his teaching and the way he explains Scripture. What, what do you think that is so unique about his teaching style? You know, from a style standpoint, I think he, at first pass, you think, oh, this guy's just a, a country boy, and, you know, how, how, how good can he really be? But he really, the phrase that he used, he would, he would take the cookies and put them on the bottom shelf so the kiddies could get them, was his saying. <laughs> and uh, he got that from another pastor. But he really tried to make, and he does make, very difficult doctrines really easy to understand. He also doesn't, I mean, he, he presents you with other viewpoints, and he kind of tongue-in-cheek says, now, if you want to believe this particular way, you'll be in good company. But if you want to be right, you'll come along with me. And just very grandfatherly in, in his approach, very good storyteller, and he makes what would normally be pretty dry sections of Scripture come alive because of the depth of knowledge that he has of Scripture, and he brings it to every passage that he covers. And I think one of his unique abilities as well, which really shows uh, the level of, of calling that God had on his life, is not only the ability, as you point out, Steve, to sort of break down the complicated, difficult-to-understand passages in such a fashion that a young believer that is just beginning to grow in their love and study of the Word can understand, but but even seasoned folks that have been through Scripture their whole life um, really feel as if, and I hear this all the time, they listen for years, and even though maybe they've been on the Bible bus journey four, five, six times, uh, they'd be up in the ears if <laughs> that be the case, but as they have traveled on this five-year cycle journey, say, inevitably, even as I've heard the messages over and over again, it seems like every time I listen, I'm able to extract some fresh insight, some new nugget, uh, which I think is really a testimony to not only Dr. McGee's understanding of the Scripture himself, but his ability as a communicator. That's certainly true, and I think also just the human side of us. We are a forgetful people. And it is very easy to drift back into just nominal faith, kind of be a, what I call it, just a, just kind of coasting along and, and spending time in the Word of God yourself. Reading Scripture yourself, praying, is, is what draws us closer. It's the way the Lord communicates with us. And Dr. McGee just helps with that bridge, because if you're reading Scripture and engaging it with it yourself— 
and then you're hearing somebody else explain it to you and, and make it practical and real to your life, you will continue to grow. And I, I mean, I, every time I listen to the program, you know, year after year, because I've now been through several cycles myself, it's weird. I, sometimes it's like, man, I never remember Dr. McGee teaching on that, maybe because at, at, at another point in my life, that particular passage of Scripture didn't apply to me specifically, but it really resonated when he was talking in this particular time. And then there's other times where literally five years later, I because it's radio and because you're out doing stuff, the connection of, I remember when Dr. McGee was in that passage last time and when he told that story or when he explained that. And I remember where I was five years ago when he explained it. So it's an interesting bridge that our mind makes and our souls and the Holy Spirit in moving us closer to God through a relationship that we can only have by spending time in Scripture ourselves. And certainly that sense of of studying layer upon layer, precept upon precept, is foundational and key to the impact and success of this journey, which, as we point out, begins afresh coming up on April the 2nd, the beginning of the five-year journey from Genesis to Revelation with Dr. Javer and McGee on through the Bible radio, the broadcast every Monday through Friday, 8 a.m., 2.30 p.m., and again at 8 p.m. right here on KFAX. And along with the the launch of the Bible Bus journey anew, Steve, right now you're in a bit of a, a very special campaign, and we talked earlier about the impact that this ministry has had on so many lives. Here is an opportunity for folks that have been blessed by God through the teaching ministry of Dr. McGee to kind of share that love and appreciation for his teaching with the ministry, the campaign called Why I Love the Bible. Tell us more about that. Yeah, that was a, a creative idea that we came up with. You know, most people are walking around today with some type of a smartphone in their pocket, either Android or Apple, and everybody knows how that selfie camera works. And what we're encouraging people to do is basically just turn on a video, point it towards yourself, and with between 30 and 60 seconds, tell us why you love the Bible. If you were in sales, this would be your elevator pitch on why you believe in the Bible or, or what resonates or what really ministers to your heart. Do it within 30 or 60 seconds, and then doesn't need to be real formatted or scripted. Just speak from the heart. And then when you're done, take that video and upload it to our website at ttb.org forward slash love. And it's just going to be a big virtual uh, album. We've got hundreds of people that have shared their testimonies, um, and we're hoping that it's just going to bless through the Bible listeners who have been so faithfully listening to, praying for, and supporting the ministry over the decade. And certainly as God has used the teaching ministry of Dr. McGee to impact your life, here's an opportunity in a real way to share that back with the ministry. I know the entire team at Through the Bible Radio would love to hear from you. So take Steve's advice and uh, grab that cell phone, record that short 30 to 60 second long video. Doesn't have to be fancy or scripted as Steve mentioned, just be from the heart and then upload it to ttb.org forward slash love. That's ttb.org forward slash love. And in an easy 30 to 60 seconds, just share the reason why you love the Bible. And then certainly if you appreciate the ministry, we invite you to tune in each weekday morning, 8 a.m., 2.30 p.m., and again at 8 p.m. here on KFAX. And as always, this ministry is sustained through the faithful monthly prayers and giving of listeners like you. And so when you think about your giving this time of year, especially as we go into the Easter season, be mindful about the impact of this ministry, not only in your own life here throughout the Bay Area, but across the globe. And be sure then to uh, stand in prayerful support with Through the Bible Radio. You can give your gift easily online by going to ttb.org. That's ttb.org. Well, Steve Hutz, thank you so much for spending some time with us today, and we're looking forward to uh, getting on board the bus and starting the journey all over again beginning April the 2nd. Craig, thank you so much. And remember, as I've, what I say on the program is there's always room for one more person on the Bible bus, so we invite you to join starting April 2nd. The familiar voice of Steve Schwetz with Through the Bible Radio. And uh, as Steve mentioned, time to hop aboard the Bible bus and begin that journey all over again. And we invite you to make sure to uh, not only do that for yourself, but invite a friend to listen as well. Through the Bible Radio, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m., 2.30 p.m., and 8 p.m., right here on KFAX.